0: Before we start the show, let's hear from one of our sponsors. Their support keeps this show free for you. Hello, Peace and Parenting listeners. Ready to create a home that fosters tranquility and connection? Enter HomeThreads, your partner in designing a peaceful haven. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture crafted for families who prioritize peace and harmony. From cozy family lounges to mindful decor, our pieces are designed to enhance your journey in peaceful parenting. All at the best value. Cozy home-cooked meals are one way I get connected to my kids. At Home Threads, they have all the best cookware. The Staub pan I use to make these great connective meals is easy to use and clean and can go from stovetop to oven, making it very versatile. Visit HomeThreads.com forward slash peace and get a code for 15% off your first order today and transform your home into a sanctuary of common connection. Because peaceful parenting starts at home, HomeThreads love where you live. Remember to use our unique URL to get your discount and let the brand know where you came from. Visit HomeThreads.com forward slash peace today and get a 15% off code for your first order. Michelle, recovering yeller, control freak, and perfectionist. I didn't want to be a connected parent, but my strong and smart oldest daughter would not succumb to my bribes, threats, and manipulations. After years of control parenting, I threw it all out and started over. I doubled down on the idea of connective parenting and turned in time out for time in. It's taken me years to figure out how to unknot sticky situations without using punishments, but I've finally cracked the code And now I can help you create the relationship with your child that you dreamt of having when you first decided to become a parent. It's not easy letting go of star charts and bribes, but you can change. Listen in as we interview parents just like us who found success and hear from experts who will help us better understand how to form a deep bond with our children. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. Parenting books can be daunting. The length. amount of information and the time it takes to read and understand the material. Hand in Hand Parenting has a booklet set that has become what I recommend and use with all of my clients. The Listening to Children digital booklet set teaches you the tools of connection with examples in a concise and easy to read form. Because I'm certified through Hand in Hand and I adore all things connection, I have become their partner. If you buy this extremely useful booklet set, A portion of the sale will go directly to support this little podcast and its production. If you go to handinhandparenting.org forward slash partner forward slash peace and parenting, you can buy these extremely helpful booklets or anything else in their store. Again, you can go to handinhandparenting.org forward slash partner forward slash peace and parenting. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Michelle, and I'm here with the lovely Bee. and she's going to tell us her experiences working with autistic children and special needs children and her own special needs son. So welcome to the show, and thank you for being here, and let us know a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I am My name is Beatrice, but I go by B, and I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I am a parenting coach and help parents with both special needs and neurotypical kids with behavior challenges and anything like that. Great. Awesome. And so tell us how you got
0: to this work.
1: It's a fun story because a lot of people think that I got into parenting or specifically special needs parenting because of my son but that's not the case. I actually got into that way before then. A while back, back when I was in grad school and I was looking for a job, I saw this ad for a ABA therapist and I was like, okay, I need money. I'll become an ABA therapist. And I applied for this job. I went to this clinic, which is what they were called like a autism clinic. And I went, I got this job and I first encountered an autistic little girl. She was my client at that time. I did not know I was aware of what autism was because this is way back in the earlier 2000s, like 202. So I wasn't very aware and knowledgeable with what autism was. But based on the understanding of what I saw, I saw an incredibly vibrant, lively, intelligent little girl who was just full of life and full of light and was just really unique in terms of how she took information and how she learned and processed. It was so impactful that I decided to go back to my career counselor back in grad school say I wanted to add ABA track, specialty track to my mental health concentration. So ABA is Applied Behavior Analysis, and it's specifically for helping children that are on the spectrum or behavioral issue kids with how to manage negative and bad behavior so that's aba so i added aba specialty tracks to my mental health counseling because i wanted to be around more autistic kids i truly and genuinely enjoyed it it was very rewarding and fun and i liked it so that was what i did and now fast forward a couple of years we relocated to north carolina because my husband got a job up here and i wanted to continue that work and while i was working as an ABA therapist, which is a therapist that would go into the home and teach functional behavior or verbal behavior or whatever it may be. I noticed that there was like a disconnect between what I was doing and what the child would do with the parent Mm -hmm. or the parents. And I said, well, there's a huge disconnect here. How come we don't have a meeting ground. Like how come there isn't someone teaching or training the parents with exactly what we're doing? Like we're giving the information, but they don't really know how to execute. Well, yeah, you
0: became like the expert helping Mm -hmm. the kid, but then the parents are kind of in the dark about how to be their own child's expert. Absolutely. So, and then it becomes
1: really a story of parents taking kids to someone to fix. Right. Yeah. So it becomes like, okay, here you go, you fix him or her, and then you bring him back to me. And then I'll kind
0: of go on my lovely little way of being. And And how does that, you think, I mean, I always think like, how does that process for a child? Like you're going to a specialist because there's something wrong with you.
1: Right. And I mean, it makes a kid feel like I'm less than, I'm not good enough. I'm broken. And the other thing with special needs parents, just because they're nonverbal, limited verbal or non it doesn't mean that they lack the same type of desires and feelings and wants that a neurotypical kid would have. So you really get into this role. And I wanted to be that middle ground. Like I wanted to be the parent, the person who trained parents into doing that. So I created my company, A Child Like Mine. Mm -hmm. to help parents kind of bridge that gap. And back in that time when I created a child like mine, I did not have an autistic kid or any kid or any child in general. I just thought like it was, I want parents to feel like it's a child
0: like mine. Like it's my kid. It's for me. That's so great because I feel like you gave the ownership back to the parents. Like they have, they're owning their own kids and their own kids functionality. And all of it became... Not that it wasn't always their responsibility, but that they will have the tools to help their child. That was my
1: vision. I mean, honestly and truly, that is exactly what I wanted. And my husband at that time with our childless self, he thought it was ridiculous and insane and said, why would you name something a child like mine? You don't have any children. You don't have a child. We don't have any kids. You look crazy and you sound crazy. So I, you know. Ignored him and continued on my wifey. Oh, but, I bet he has to eat his words now a lot. I mean, all the time. <laughs> he is all that's
0: going to be in trouble forever for that one. <laughs> forever
1: for life. Like it's stamped on him. That's it. <laughs> but that's how it came about. Like just basically out of this need to educate parents. Like I wanted to educate parents and yeah. understanding what they were dealing with from my perspective, from a professional perspective of this is what it is. Fast forward some more. I end up with an autistic child. And for me, it's been full circle. Like for me, it was kind of like, I saw that sign. Really, that sign had nothing to do with that little girl that I met. That little girl was only, I guess, given me, because that was my first interaction with autism. And for my first interaction with autism to be that, to be so lively and bubbly and joyful and just, beautiful really. And not for it to, because there's an ugly side to autism. Like there's others. I didn't see that as my first
0: experience. It was priming my first, you for your own experience.
1: Yeah. So it was just kind of like Jake brought it. He closed the loop <laughs> in terms of
0: what I was supposed to be doing this whole time. So great. And that's an amazing story. I love how you just manifested your destiny and then you were so prepared Going into your parenting, which is a huge step up than so many people come with, because so many of us come with our kids. Even like I have a strong willed kid. I wasn't ready for a strong willed kid. I'd never worked with kids like that on an intimate level. I was shocked.
1: Right. It definitely was. It prepared me in a way that I didn't even realize how prepared I was. Yeah. Simply because there is still the mother part. Like, I'm still a mom. Yes, yeah. I'm a clinician. I'm a provider and I'm professional, but I'm still a mom. Yeah. With Jake and Abby, they could care less what letters are behind my name. I'm still mom. That's right. And you still have to
0: form a connection. And you, if still have, yeah. you can write books. And I think Gordon Newfeld said, I couldn't form a connection with my grandson because he wanted to be a caretaker for his grandson. And he said, I couldn't believe it. They rejected me at first. I wasn't good enough because I didn't form that bond. I didn't form Mm -hmm. that connection. And they didn't care that I'd written books on relationships. They didn't care that I had letters behind my name. It didn't matter because I didn't have that connection piece. And I think that's what's so great about this work and about finding connection is that it really does promote better behavior, even if your kid has any sort of name behind their diagnosis or has any sort of thing that isn't atypical.
1: Mm -hmm. It definitely prepared me to, I guess, when I'm going through the storm to know what to do, right? Like, so in the storm, in the middle of it, in the middle of a meltdown, in the middle of a tantrum, in the middle of some sensory overload, anxiety, I knew all of that. It was kind of like, okay, I know what we're looking at right now. This is anxiety this is how we handle anxiety. This is ADHD. This is how we handle ADHD. So it prepared me for the storm. But the other part is the connection part is when things are good and how do you connect with a kid that's not telling you things are good. Like he's not saying things are really great right now, mom, let's go hang out together. You know, that's not my life. Yeah. No, that's not our thing. So how do I now parent a child that's not really giving me a lot of verbal feedback? Yeah. Like it's all
0: behavioral.
1: Like I have to be so in tune with him. And one thing my husband always tells me is you're so in tune with Jake. And he then is so in tune with me. Like we intertwine so well together. We are very similar in terms of our taste, hyperactivity level, our ability to process things quickly. Just everything like me and my daughter will say the mommy and Jacob will like that spicy thing. It's just kind of like, that's our thing, our love in music, our love for cooking, our love for movement, just certain things that he and I connect so well with, because I never saw that I had an autistic kid. I just saw I had a kid who happens to have autism. Yeah. So it did not keep me from certain things that I love. I love yoga. I love movement. I love dancing. I love music. I love singing. I can't do it well, but I love it anyway. It did not stop me from bringing him into that world of mine. Like, okay, he's just sitting there. He's not going to sing back. So what's the point? Right. I did not do that. I would hold a microphone, a pretend microphone, which usually was the remote And I would like pause and there's silence. And then I come back to me and then there's more silence. (laughs) Yeah. But that's so good.
0: I hear a lot of parents will be like, I can't do, you know, I promote special time, which is Mm -hmm. you know just 20 minutes with your kids. But a lot of people will say, well, I can't do it with my one-year-old. And I'm like, but of course you can. Yeah. They don't interact with me. Well, that's okay. You're still there. You're present. They see you. They're interpreting you. They're taking in your loving presence. And I think with kids who have autism, and just like you said, if they're nonverbal, it doesn't mean they can't feel your presence. Absolutely. And there is this energy that they give back.
1: If you're around special needs kids, they have this beaming light, this energy. They're very present without. Of verbally saying they're present. Like there's yeah. just something about them uh-huh. and you can't dismiss that. And what I've noticed in my work is when you do dismiss it and you kind of say, ah, they're not really here. They don't want to be a part of it. That child then becomes that. They eventually fall into, you don't want me here. Yeah. Why would I want to be here? Why would I want to stick around and be a part of this? But connecting and bringing them into your world, they invite you into their world. Yeah. And that's ultimately what we want because it's like, man, your world is fascinating. Like, what's going on over there, buddy? And they invite you in as long as you give out an invitation as well.
0: Yeah. And I think that's it. It's like they'll know we're on their side if Mm -hmm. we try to understand where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. I think that's true of all children, autistic or not. I mean, it's like you have to show them that your relationship is reciprocal, that you are equally as invested as they are. It can't be this. I'm more important or my needs are more important than yours. I attribute all of the major shifts and changes in my parenting to Hand in Hand and Patty Whitfler. I could not have achieved the inroads to more connection with Esme and Pia without the Hand in Hand parenting approach. I owe this method and my sanity to their tools. That's why I've become an affiliate partner of Hand in Hand Parenting. Purchasing their products using my affiliate link directly supports this little podcast at no extra cost to you. I recommend the Listening to Children digital booklet set to all of my clients. It perfectly explains the listening tools and has been something I constantly return to myself. These tools are the heart of what I've learned myself and what I teach my clients. If you go to handinhandparenting.org forward slash partner forward slash peace and parenting, you can order them. And also support this podcast in the process. So go to handinhandparenting.org forward slash partner forward slash peace and parenting and learn the essence of connective parenting while also supporting the peace and parenting podcast. I will also put the link in the show notes.
1: You use a keyword there investment. I definitely see why some parents don't see the need to invest their time Mm -hmm. in their kid because it may not seem like it's going to pay dividends. It's like, well, I don't see the need because they're not going to give that time back to me. And it's not the investment of time. It's not initial. It's not like you give time, you give time, you give time. And then tomorrow they give you more time. It's something that you build on. And eventually when you're connecting with your two-year-old keep it in your head that at one point you're going to want to connect with your 16 year old. Yep. So That's if exactly. you're connected to the two year old, the three year old, the four and so on, that 16 year old who is now exposed to alcoholism, drugs, substance abuse, bullying, whatever. Like, teenage life is hard. They're so connected with you. You will be the first line of defense.
0: Yeah. You- They'll be more resilient. I have a 15 year old. And I feel like she can navigate things more because she knows she has this deep bond and it's what keeps her resilient in situations that are difficult because Mm -hmm. it keeps her brain working well. Her limbic Mm -hmm. system and her prefrontal are staying engaged so that she can think well because she knows she has this bond and it becomes this, there was a study that called it the superpower, basically, Mm -hmm. that your relationship with your child becomes this super protective power that helps your teenagers do better. And you're That's right, what, it starts when they're two. Yeah,
1: and it, that you're right, that is what builds resiliency. And bringing it back to special needs, parents of special needs kids, they have such a hard time kind of mm-hmm. seeing that big picture. It's like, well, my kid's not going to encounter that or blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, this or that or the other. So again, they become very dismissive and you mm-hmm. can be dismissive. And again, it's not that I don't understand it. It's hard. It's hard to yeah. say and kind of see past the moment. It's hard to go, Why would this kid speak to me at 16 when they're not speaking at 10? It's hard to make that connection and to see past that moment. But what I've noticed with my son in terms of how we connect and that resiliency that he has, we have very, very little tantrums, very little tantrums. And in fact, the tantrums that we do have, and I call them tantrums, not meltdowns, because those are two different things. The tantrums that he does have, it's. I didn't get my way. So I'm just going to be mad about it. And it's basically classic pre tween because he's 10 and whatever it is that he's going through right now. And the separation of self of I'm not a baby, but I'm also like, he's just, he's going through something. I don't know. But when he's, <laughs> when he's in that moment, the recovery period is like really quick. It's very short. And Again, he's not articulating, oh, I was experiencing this and now I am better, mother. Like I have no. moved on. They you don't. Know? I mean, Autistic or not, none of them do. <laughs> no, but I see the recovery and it's always been that way. Like he's yeah. always recovered quicker because he knows that he sits in the love of my warmth all the time. Like he yeah. is very aware that no matter what you're experiencing, what you're going through, you live in this space of acceptance of complete and total acceptance of who you are how you are what you are and you're allowed to go through that i okay. do have my boundaries where no you're not going to abuse me and say negative things or hit me or anything like that where there's a boundary for me but he lives in my warmth so when he has big tantrums do you stay with him it depends sometimes if he is going through a meltdown where he cannot put himself together like i see him melting Literally, he is melting into nothing. Like he just can't recover. I let him stay in my love and it's in silence. Like I'm not trying to coach him through anything, talk to him, give him advice or ask him what's going on. I'm just allowing him to be sad and allow a boy to show sadness and cry. And his mom saying, Yeah, cry. It's okay. You're good.
0: I think that's so important. I mean, I really teach that to my clients and to anyone I know that it's okay for kids to be upset and it's okay for us to stay right there with them to witness it and to say, I know you're sad and I'm right here. I'm not going to leave you because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people will maybe especially, and I don't know, but with autistic kids might say like, you might need to go away and calm down and you can come back when you feel better. And that might create an opportunity for kids to stuff their feelings
1: he is never told to stop crying. Yeah. Or don't do that or be happy or whatever that emotion he is not told to don't do that because what good is that? Like what good will that do for him?
0: No, it won't. It'll just stuff up his feelings. Mm -hmm. And I think for all children too, I really like to tell my clients to stay with their kids, not to leave them, even when they're having a hard time, just because then at least they know there's somebody there
1: yeah, they're loved and supported.
0: Yeah, just because the abandonment can feel like they need to cool off in order to be accepted.
1: And that's something I noticed specifically with my daughter. If she's having a hard day and I'm like, Abby, do you want to be alone? I mean, she's verbal. She's typical. It's no, I don't want to be by myself. Yeah. So I need to be here. Like what she can communicate that very easily and I can give her that where she's like, I just, Mommy, can I just sit here? And I'm like, okay, but mommy's working. She's like, it's okay. I just want to, like, she wants to feel warm. She wants to feel physical touch. She just wants to be around. Yeah. And when I tried that with my son in the heightened state, it lasts longer. For him, it's just kind of really understanding you have two kids with different needs. Yeah. And kind of understanding, yeah, who needs what, but my daughter definitely basks in, can I stay around you as long as possible? Because she needs that and she needs a feeling of comfort and knowing that she's loved no matter what. Yeah, I think that's so
0: great. So great. I love your story and I love how the way you look at autistic kids and just understanding it all. And thank you. This was so lovely. Really, really, really lovely.
1: Thank you. I enjoy what I do. I enjoy what my son has taught me along the way in terms of just understanding empathy, but also really just having the type of a type personality that I have, and just kind of wanting to hit milestones, do certain things by a certain age, having this picture perfect idea of what life should look like. Yeah. And getting a child who's like, I don't care what your
0: picture is. Here's a real story. (laughs) Yeah. And what is that anyway, that picture?
1: Exactly. It's a coping mechanism. It's something that you think you needed. It's all these different things. When I'm like, you know what? Life is pretty good just singing and dancing. I mean, he loves Coldplay. And one of our favorite songs is the superhero song, Do 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 Do. That's his favorite part. So now when we sing together and we're bonding, and I'll sing the lyrics in the chorus and then I'll put the microphone to him, and he's like, Do 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 Do. And I'm thinking of how much growth we've come in these past 10 years from silence, complete and total nothing to now this. Because
0: you've worked so hard with him.
1: Yeah, and kept it and sustained it and maintained that connection throughout these past 10 years. And I hope we're singing together until we're like 100 and he's like 80. I don't know. You (laughs) You will be. You (laughs) will be. And Beg, you did all the work. It was a joint effort because I can honestly say he saw that I was trying. So then
0: he also tried. Yeah, I get that. I yeah, think so that's I so yeah,
1: It was a joint effort. And we vibe. That's my little buddy. Like I love enjoy parenting him a child like mine. <laughs> and I think anyone with a special needs child can hopefully hear that it does not have to be
0: what you think it should be. It can be totally different. Yeah. It can can, and it can be totally different and totally fulfilling and totally Mm -hmm. loving and all of the things that you wanted parenthood to be. Absolutely, yeah. Even though it looks different than what society tells you you should look like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. B. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. It was so lovely. Where can people find you?
1: You can reach me at beatricemoist or on IG at a child like mine or Facebook at be You can find me on one of those three. Okay. Well, you'll send me those
0: and I can put them in our show notes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much. And we will see you in the online world and best of luck with your beautiful family. And thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. Thank you.